0: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Goodness, goodness, crazy. How delightful, how delightful. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Please, please have a seat. WELCOME, WELCOME, ONE AND ALL, TO THE LATE SHOW. I'M YOUR HOST, STEPHEN COLBERT. FOLKS, THE number one, story, NUMBER ONE STORY IN THE WORLD CONTINUES TO BE VLADIMIR PUTIN'S DERANGED onslaught AGAINST THE UKRAINIAN PEOPLE. AND THE ONLY BRIGHT SPOTS ARE THANKS TO THE RESILIENCE AND THE INGENUITY OF THE UKRAINIANS. TAKE A LISTEN. TAKE A LISTEN. TO HOW UKRAINIAN SOLDIERS ARE SCARING RUSSIAN FORCES WITH DRONES.
2: What they would do, they would take a commercial drone with a camera and camouflage it to look like something out of the worst Terminator movie.
1: That's incredible. They can pick a worst Terminator movie? It's three-way, three-way tie, I think. Three-way tie. Not the original or the sequel. Absolutely not. He He continued.
2: Then they'd they'd fly that drone around the place where, you know, where the Russian soldiers are. So what would you do if you're a Russian soldier and you see something that belongs to Skynet? You run. What do you run? You run to your mama. Because you don't have your mama, you run to your base. And that way, they lead us to that basis. You know, no camouflage works against that. And then our artillery just, you know, shoots at the base.
1: Wow. That's impressive. That's that's really impressive.
3: impressive. That's using the old... New cool up there. I.
1: Here in the United States, our most innovative drone tactic is getting gorgeous aerial views of your cousin's barn wedding. <laughs> oh look, the mason jar candles spell out Todd Nashley. <laughs> Fire the artillery. <laughs> Turns out Russian troops are also sabotaging themselves. Back in February, Russia occupied Chernobyl, and now we're learning that those soldiers stole dangerously radioactive items from the nuclear plant. To keep the souvenirs. <laughs> well, of course, of course you can't go to Chernobyl and not check out the gift shop. Oh, <laughs> hey, well, look, hon, they have a t-shirt that says I had a nuclear blast at Chernobyl. <laughs> Ooh, it's got five armholes. <laughs> the sanctions are, are really starting to be felt over in Russia because this week Russia defaulted on its foreign debt. Now, I'm sure you're saying, I'm sure you're saying, Steve. HOW BAD IS THIS FOR RUSSIA'S CASH FLOW? IS THIS LIKE THEY LOST THEIR WALLET OR THEY INVESTED ALL THEIR MONEY IN MORBIUS? (laughs) BASICALLY, IT'S PRETTY DARN BAD. RUSSIA TRIED TO USE RUBLES TO PAY A LOAN THAT THEY TOOK OUT IN DOLLARS. And they got denied because thanks to our sanctions, the US Treasury has blocked Russia from accessing its reserves at American banks. That's right. None of the American banks are available to them. No 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 banks, no Elizabeth Banks, no Tyra Banks, <laughs> no Joseph A. Banks, no two suits for the price of one. It's a great deal, it's high quality.
3: <laughs> get a
1: blazer, get a blue blazer. How big of a deal is this? Well, keep in mind, Russia's last default on its foreign debt was in February of 1918. We actually have Lenin's letter to the European financers Russia will be unable to fulfill its debt obligations because our currency is potato. They say if you can touch one person. <laughs> Do it on the potato. Oh, well, there's, there, there's, there's news about former president, the douche of hazard. <laughs> Over the weekend, he weighed in on the political future of charlatan and caterwaiter holding the hors d'oeuvres tray with his penis, Dr. Mehmet Oz. Specifically, the former president endorsed Dr. Oz for the US Senate. Come on, he's a con man. AND SO IS DR. OZ. <laughs> AND NOW, YOU SEE, YOU SEE, JOHN? <laughs> THEY'RE BOTH yeah. LIKE... YEAH, I'M FAN. NOW, I'D LIKE TO LIST ALL THE SCAMS DR. OZ HAS TRIED TO FOIST ON HIS AUDIENCE, BUT WE ONLY HAVE AN HOUR SHOW. <laughs> AMONG THE MANY SNAKE OIL SUPPLEMENTS HE HAS PEDDLED ARE RASPBERRY KETONES FOR FAT BURNING, LAVENDER SOAP FOR LEG CRAMPS, AND STRAWBERRIES FOR TEETH WHITENING. NONE OF THESE WORK, OF COURSE. BUT, HEY, THERE IS ONE SIMPLE TRICK TO MAKE YOU HEALTHIER. TAKE TWO HOUSEHOLD BANANAS, JAM ONE IN EACH EAR UNTIL YOU CAN'T HEAR DR. OZ ANYMORE. YOU'LL BE FINE. OR YOU'LL BE BETTER. <laughs> BIG BANANA. THAT'S A BIG That's BANANA, a big banana That's a RIGHT THERE. <laughs> IN HIS STATEMENT, THE FORMER PRESIDENT ASSURED PENNSYLVANIA VOTERS THAT HE WAS MAKING THE ENDORSEMENT BASED ON HIS PERSONAL EXPERIENCE, WRITING, I HAVE KNOWN DR. OZ FOR MANY YEARS, AS HAVE MANY OTHERS, EVEN IF ONLY THROUGH HIS VERY SUCCESSFUL TELEVISION SHOW. HE HAS LIVED WITH US THROUGH THE SCREEN AND HAS ALWAYS BEEN POPULAR, RESPECTED, AND SMART. Oh, GRANDPA THINKS HIS TV FRIENDS ARE HIS REAL FRIENDS. <laughs> YOU KNOW, I'LL TELL YOU. You know who should be Attorney General, that nice lady from Murder She Wrote. <laughs> she solved all the crimes in, in in Cabot Cove. Also, when are they gonna make Pat Sajak Secretary of Transportation? He knows wheels. He knows <laughs> he knows wheels. That wasn't the only endorsement the former president handed out last week. He also made this appearance at a concert.
3: Hello everyone. I love you all. I know you're having a great
1: time at the Kid Rock concert tonight. The former president of the United States of America is opening for Kid Rock... (laughs) (laughs) ...on a Wednesday. (laughs) I have not. I have not seen anything this embarrassing since Jimmy Carter introduced KISS... HE WANTED TO SEND THE KISS ARMY TO free THE HOSTAGES. (laughs) FORMER PRESIDENT BETTER HAVE HIS FUN WHILE HE CAN, BECAUSE THE JANUARY 6th COMMITTEE HAS BEEN HARD AT WORK, AND THEY NOW HAVE EVIDENCE FOR A CRIMINAL REFERRAL FOR THE EX-PRESIDENT. THAT'S RIGHT! THEY FINALLY HAVE PROOF THAT THE EX-PRESIDENT DID ALL THE STUFF WE SAW HIM DO LIVE ON TELEVISION. (laughs) YEAH. (laughs) WHAT'S THAT? (laughs) LADIES AND GENTLEMEN, That's like a criminal attorney saying, "Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have proof that this man is a murderer for one he's stabbing the bailiff right now." No, look look at him. Don't look at me. Look at him. No, don't look at my hand. Look look over there. Take look over there. <laughs> Among the evidence they've gathered is some damning new details about the former president's son, Don Jr., seen here dangerously close to thinking <laughs> right on the edge. That's a long fall. ACCORDING TO RECORDS ACQUIRED BY THE COMMITTEE, DON JR. TEXTED HIS DAD'S FORMER CHIEF OF STAFF, MARK MEADOWS, IDEAS FOR OVERTURNING THE 2020 ELECTION BEFORE THE ELECTION WAS EVEN CALLED. NOW, TO BE FAIR, WHEN DON JR. IS IN THE RIGHT FRAME OF NOSE, HE SENDS A LOT OF COOL IDEAS. TO A LOT OF PEOPLE. OKAY, CAT AND DOG WEDDING REALITY SHOW. WAIT, NO, THEME PARK FOR GROWN-UPS WHERE YOU GET TO SHOOT COWS. WAIT, STAR WARS REBOOTS WITH ALL JAR-JARS. OVERTHROW THE WILL OF THE VOTERS. START A METAL BAND THAT SELLS CRYPTO. HATS MADE OF BEEF JERKY. Oh. MEET ME IN THE BATHROOM. Meet me in the, MEET ME IN THE BATHROOM. MEET ME IN THE BATHROOM. OH, YEAH. YES. UH-HUH. OH. YEAH. MMM. MMM. Mm. MMM. Mm. Mmm, 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 my teeth are soft. (laughs) So, what did these texts say? Well, on November 5th, Don Jr. texted Meadows suggesting that the campaign file lawsuits demand recounts and have Republican state legislatures put forward slates of fake electors, adding, it's very simple, we have multiple paths, we control them all. LISTEN, IF YOU'RE GOING TO TEXT YOUR PLANS TO OVERTHROW AN ELECTION, AT LEAST DISGUISE IT WITH EMOJIS. I'VE GOT AN IDEA. BALLOT BOX, TRASH CAN, AMERICAN FLAG, POOP EMOJI, (laughs) PUMPKIN, CROWN, FATHER, HUG? (laughs) JUNIOR WAS SO... Jr. was so confident in the plan that he was concerned that not everyone was looped into the plan, texting, This is what we need to do. Please read it and please get it to everyone that needs to see it. Oh, everyone that needs to see it? I'm pretty sure the FBI has seen it. And you know what that means? The best
4: is yet to come.
1: We got a great show for you tonight. More Lecho Poncho
4: after this.
0: Going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It surely is. It surely is a lovely night. Surely is a lovely night, John. Lovely group of people. Lovely group of people right here. People on fire. (laughs) Please Ah. have a seat, everybody. John, I gotta ask you. What was that? I did not. What is that lovely song y'all were playing out of the break there? Oh, I that that just came popped into my head today. Oh, really? Yeah. Feel oh, like I like today. It. No title. Really? Yeah, the chords feel like today. It feels like an early spring song. Yeah. A lot of potentiality in there. I know it's got something happening that, that, that's about to happen. That spring. Something yep. happens about to happen. Ooh, I mm-hmm. love that feeling. Yeah, anticipation. I'll tell you another thing I I I love feeling, and that's the fact that uh, Broadway star Beanie Feldstein's going to be out here in just a little while, and star of Funny Girl on Broadway, and uh, old friend of the show Chance the Rapper is here tonight. He yeah. yeah. gave some lyrics. He gave some lyrics, maybe. Yeah. folks, you know how we all would like the pandemic to be over. And and in some ways we're kind of acting like it's over, but in a lot of other ways it feels like maybe it's not over. Yeah. Well, well, you're you're not alone in feeling that way because according to many experts, COVID could be surging in the U.S. right now, and we might not even know it. So Jimmy, let's move the Late Show COVID level tracker from orange to I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh no. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. So what's the data say? Well, apparently, the data is a mess. Part of the problem is that people are increasingly relying on at-home rapid tests. But those results are rarely reported. Well, yeah, we're testing at home. Who are we supposed to report it to? Hello, I'd like to order a large cheese pizza, a two-liter of Mountain Dew. I'm COVID-positive, and you know what? <laughs> Let's get a half pepperoni. Not that I can taste it, right? See you in 30. Do <laughs> Garlic knots! garlic knots yeah! The other issue with data tracking is that the government is no longer covering the cost of PCRs, so people without insurance could pay up to $125 for a test. No wonder no one's testing. For $125, you can get half a tank of gas. <laughs> plus, plus states like Arizona, Hawaii, and Nevada have now completely stopped reporting daily COVID data to the CDC. Oh. But if you're in Nevada, it is safe to assume you have caught something, <laughs> and it doesn't stay there. There is one, there's one fairly, sure. Da, 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 da. There's one fairly reliable way to track COVID cases, and that's wastewater, and it's looking crappy. Take a New Haven, Connecticut, where, according to sewage, there's a low rumble. OF COVID-19 CASES. LOW RUMBLE, BY THE WAY, USUALLY A SIGN THAT YOU'RE ABOUT TO PRODUCE SOME SEWAGE. (laughs) THE PANDEMIC'S BEEN A ROUGH TIME, OKAY? OBVIOUSLY, IT'S BEEN A ROUGH TIME. SO IT'S NO SURPRISE THAT a NEW ANALYSIS FOUND THAT EXPLETIVES IN TRANSCRIPTS OF QUARTERLY EARNINGS CALLS, INVESTOR CONFERENCES, AND SHAREHOLDER MEETINGS ROSE TO A FIVE-YEAR HIGH IN 2021. WELL, CAN YOU BLAME PEOPLE? I MEAN, CHEESE AND CRACKERS, FOLKS! The last five years have been the worst fudging time in my whole friggin' life. Dag-nab it all to H-E-double toothpicks. <laughs> the researchers acknowledged the benefits of colorful language, saying swearing can provide an emotional release, psychologically gird you to withstand pain, and cement team ties. Don't I know it? <laughs> That's why this year the late show softball team is the <laughs> buckets. Okay, as you can see, unfortunately, CBS won't let me swear at work, and it's not just on the air. All right, who killed the Joe? Read the sign, ass. You finish the coffee. You make some new coffee. Is that complicated? Cut that off, mother. <laughs> WELCOME BACK TO THE SHOW, EVERYBODY. FOLKS, MY FIRST GUEST TONIGHT IS A THREE-TIME GRAMMY WINNER WHO HAS BEEN MAKING MUSIC FOR A DECADE. HE'S JUST RELEASED A NEW SINGLE CALLED CHILD OF GOD. PLEASE WELCOME BACK TO THE LATE SHOW YOUR FRIEND AND MINE, CHANCE THE RAPPER! Really good to see you again.
3: It's I love you.
1: Uh, it, it 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 always makes me happy to feel your energy over there. We especially physically there. I enjoyed talking to you over Zoom. We did we a lot of zooms, we yeah. did we did a couple of zooms out there and they were good, they were fun. Um, but there's nothing like being together. Yeah. Um, there's a micronutrient you get from from being exactly. with somebody physically. Precisely. That's why I can't wait for this whole thing to be over. Yeah. How have you how have you how are you feeling these days? I feel
3: really good. It's cool to be in a room full of people. There's real people here. Real people make some noise. Yeah. These are. These are. I love these it. people. Are very
1: real. We had them checked out.
3: Super real.
1: Um, you did something this year that sounds incredibly uh, worthwhile and fascinating. You went to Ghana, and yeah. how long were
3: you over there? Uh, I was there for a little over a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Life-changing experience. And what 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 originally brought you over there? What did you what did you want to go for? So it was a very spur of the moment thing. Uh, one of my best friends, an amazing artist, Vic Mensa, who uh, we came up together in music and stuff. He uh, he's Ghanaian and spent his all his winters there and would always visit his family. And this year, I was like, Hey, can I come with you? And he said, Yeah. And I will forever love him and thank him for that.
1: Now, right before you went. I, I hear you found out that you had connections to Ghana that you had no idea about <laughs> I did
3: what were those uh it was I found out well I found it out in a very weird way a, a couple of days before I went to Ghana I had a, a long conversation with my grandmother she had uh purchased as gifts a couple of books from my daughters. My daughters are six and two years old um, some children's books but it was very heavy material like what they were talking about like one of the books was uh a book about Juneteenth, which wasn't that crazy. The other one was about the the Tulsa um massacres that uh my great-grandmother actually lived through. And so when I saw- Really in 1921? Yeah. Wow. So I, I uh, on my mother's side, so I I called my grandmother and was like, hey, I can't read these books to my kids because they're <laughs> super heavy. And my daughter's six. And what she told me, which was really deep, my grandmother's really deep, was that. Uh, NO, THEY HAVE TO READ THESE BOOKS BECAUSE WE DON'T WANT OUR CHILDREN TO GROW UP NAIVE OR UNPREPARED FOR WHAT THIS WORLD REALLY IS. IT WAS, it was THE GENERATIONS AFTER, BECAUSE MY, my grandmother's VERY MILITANT AND WAS READING Kwame Ture AND, YOU KNOW, uh, MARCHING WITH KING WHEN THAT WAS A VERY RADICAL THING. AND THE GENERATIONS AFTER THEM KIND OF TAUGHT THEIR KIDS THAT, YOU KNOW, SOME OF THESE, these ISSUES, THESE SYSTEMIC ISSUES, in our country were over with as a means to protect their kids um and she told me that that has to be done away with and so she got me those books and when i was you know trying to tell her how heavy they were she was like you don't know what lineage you come from she had told me that my great grandfather was a Garvius he was a follower of marcus garvey and and actually had relationships with uh, people in Ghana with a with a church that that they built there, a couple of schools that they built there, and, and their children would regularly travel to Ghana. To
1: wait, who is this? Your great grandfather? This.
3: So my my. It's actually my my great great grandfather. He was a Garveyist. He uh, ran a laundromat that was a part of their network of businesses in Chicago, and. My great grandmother started the first Church of God in West Africa. And is that what this is? Because I saw this letter. What is that hey, what's going on? That's... This
1: is a church yeah. that your family
3: helped build in Ghana, the first Church of God yeah. in Ghana. What is this
1: like for you to stand here? Who
3: is this gentleman? That's by the way? bishop in Kansa. I met him while I was out in Ghana. He knew my grandmother and my great grandmother. what you got to? And you had no knowledge of this no before you decided to go there. You got to understand. For a lot of Black folks, our idea of our connection to the continent is something that only exists in antiquity. It's something that's super far away. But what we don't know is that a lot of our peoples in recent history had strong connections with people on the continent, especially in West Africa. And so when I get there and I'm walking around on this soil, it feels so foreign to kind of take in the fact that in recent history, my family was there gave me a, a sense of curiosity just to find out more. Cause there's so it's an unlimited past that sometimes just doesn't get passed on, you know, your new album, child of God is your first solo released in the year. And there's a, there's a, there's a, a Ghanaian connection here. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I, Wrote part of the song or made part of the song uh, in Ghana on my travels. I-, I ran into this amazing artist by the name of Moses Sumney, who I know from the states. But oh, we had Moses on. He's beautiful. Yeah, Moses is one of the greatest yeah. artists OF our generation. Shout out to Moses Sumney. He's uh... a <laughs> he's, uh, he's a he's a Ghanaian American artist, but he was in Ghana at the same time, just by happenstance. And I went by his crib and we recorded some vocals for for the record. But I also actually met the artist who did the art piece that represents the song or artwork or cover art however we Here want to it describe is. it let me show this is yeah this is uh, a Gabonese painter by the name of Naila Opianga who I met in Ghana she's uh she's a student of uh of Marco Bafu who's amazing uh Ghanaian painter and uh, while we were out there yeah we, we got to kick it i i, I met her and it was just like on some cool stuff you know just hanging out like you meet people new lifelong friends you having a good time and then you start to have these, these conversations that dig a little deeper than surface. And, and we started to realize how many similarities or parallels that there are in the arts world of music and the arts world of the fine arts and how you know, easy it is for the artist and the art to become commodified and, and how little of a say a lot of times the artists have and how their conversations get you know, communicated. And so that conversation kind of turned into us figuring out a way to merge our styles and create a new piece that spoke to that conversation. And in, we in, have in the of video,
1: in the video, she's actually this is this is her right there. Yeah, There's that's Naya right there. That's and she's actually making this painting in the video of the song that got released. Absolutely. Now, did you have to give her a time limit and say, "Okay, we're shooting;
3: you have to be done"? <laughs> yes, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, yeah, it, was, it took about three days to finish the piece, and, and I, I, uh, my friend Troy Gano directed the video. I was the director of photography. It was my first time doing cinematography on. You guys can clap. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> very generous of you. Yeah, no, That's you very generous of you. You gotta let them know sometimes. <laughs> uh, no, did, did watching her do the painting change yeah. your song for you? It did. The piece was was the song piece was most of the way done when I uh, when I got to Ghana. And then, like I said, I added vocals and started having these conversations with Nyla. And when she came to Chicago to actually create the piece and shoot the video, I had a lot of, like, uh, kind of, like, this need to be creative still. And so I was able to fill that void with, with, you know, working behind the camera on the video. But I was also still in conversation about what the song meant because it was about process, and it was about confidence, and it was about you know, global blackness and ascension and all these different things. Uh, But the original title of the song was Do Your Thang, Chop. And after, that's a good title, right? But (laughs) that's hard, right? But after seeing this finished, you know, six feet by 12 foot giant beauty of a work uh, with all these bodies ascending, we, uh, I, I had the idea to change the the song title. I was inspired by her to change the title of the piece to "Child of God," um, which is very radical. Oh, thank you. Why is it radical, Steve? It's radical because the piece itself is an embodiment of blackness. It's, uh, it's it's a lot of 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 black bodies in the in the piece. And not only is it a multitude of them, but it's, they're all women. And I think sometimes you get... I think sometimes it's easy to, you know, when people think of the word child of God, a lot of times people think of, you know, the son of God or, or Jesus specifically in whiteness. And, and to one, one gendered, one specific you know, image of, of Christ, And I think just the fact that we exist, the fact that we, you know, uh, survive in the world that that we live in is a testament to the fact that we are the children of God. And so having... (laughs) Having the, HAVING THE AUTONOMY TO BE LIKE, I'M AN ARTIST, I CREATED THIS PIECE, NYLA'S AN ARTIST, SHE CREATED THIS PIECE. THERE'S NO GALLERY, THERE'S NO SALES TAG ON IT, IT'S JUST A PIECE THAT'S MEANT TO SPEAK TO PEOPLE, AND THE, and the AGENCY TO NAME IT HOW WE WANT WAS JUST A VERY POWERFUL, RADICAL THING.
1: WE HAVE TO TAKE A QUICK BREAK, uh, BUT WHEN WE COME BACK, WE'LL TALK ABOUT CHANCE'S GREATEST COLLABORATION OF ALL TIME, AND IT'S TASTY. <laughs> As a rapper, there's another beautiful thing. It's slightly <laughs> different. It's slightly different, but it's also very powerful. Yes. You have uh, achieved so much <laughs> in, in your career already. I said the three Grammys. Yes. You know, beautiful music, collaboration with other artists. But your latest collaboration, biggest is I've one of the done. biggest of all time. You have recently been uh, given your own Ben and Jerry's flavor. <laughs>
3: TELL THEM WHAT IT IS. THIS IS, uh, YEAH, THIS IS MY BRAND NEW FLAVOR. THIS IS MY BRAND NEW FLAVOR. THANK YOU SO MUCH FOR THAT BEAUTIFUL INTRODUCTION. THIS IS THE MOST IMPORTANT WORK THAT I'VE DONE SO FAR. <laughs> THIS IS MY NEW COLLABORATION with, uh, WITH BEN AND Jerry's. IT'S CALLED MINT CHOCOLATE CHANCE. IT'S, UH, IT'S DELICIOUS, I CAN'T LIE. So, ALL RIGHT.
1: I'M JUST GOING TO SAY THAT w- THERE ALSO IS A MARICONE DREAM OUT THERE yeah, IF ANYBODY... Uh, Steven HAS ONE, TOO?
3: You can also get Steven's ice cream. All right. Can we eat this right us let's, let's
1: try each other's flavors. Let's try each other's I'll try this side of yours and you try that side of mine. We, okay. won't, we won't mix here, okay? Right. So let me go, let me go. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow. Damn. Yeah. Oh man. Wait, what is this flavor called? What is America that? American Dream. American Dream? You guys better buy this. You like, better I buy. TV, you buy better <laughs> buy <laughs> mint chocolate chance. Yeah. Uh, you, you give uh, some of these proceeds to charity, I understand. Absolutely. This
3: ice cream? Uh, PROCEEDS from, FROM mint CHOCOLATE CHANCE GO DIRECTLY TO SOCIAL WORKS, WHICH IS MY nonprofit IN CHICAGO. WE WORK WITH THE schools. WE DO A BUNCH OF STUFF. Now YOUR FLAVOR'S SO GOOD. it, it, it YEAH, it, MY
1: FLAVOR IS, uh, I BELIEVE THE KIDS CALL IT, UH, UH, Dope. <laughs> NOW, <laughs> HERE'S THE THING. THIS IS THE FIRST TIME I'VE TASTED ONE OF MY FRIENDS' ICE CREAMS AND NOT HAD TO GO IN HARD, BECAUSE I oh, WENT yeah. AFTER WILLIE. I
3: REMEMBER, YES. I
1: WENT AFTER JIMMY, mm-hmm. and, AND, LISTEN, IF IT WOULD HELP SELL SOME ICE CREAM, WE COULD HAVE A BEEF. Beef always
3: drives up sales. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in for it.
1: All right. It's so, so delicious. Please know that if I attack you with um, some, uh, some bars, if I drop some bars, <laughs> some ice cream bars on you, please don't think that it's, it, it, there's anything personal it's about it. I'm just promotion. trying to help people. Well, this is because mine's also for charity. This is the, the Americone Dream Fund. That uh, yeah, All right, exactly. so it's all for the... It's all for... <laughs> Let's do it.
4: Coming up...
0: amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse are we
3: saying that this is
0: possible
2: in the Avatar universe Varney we got to spread the word now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official avatar youtube channel
3: that's a
0: lot of fire isn't it that's right we're on video this season everybody so whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world
2: it's fire nation time book of fire let's go listen to avatar brave the elements wherever
0: you
4: get your podcasts
1: MY NEXT GUEST IS A DELIGHTFUL ACTOR YOU KNOW FROM LADY BIRD AND BOOKSMART. SHE NOW STARS IN THE BROADWAY REVIVAL OF FUNNY GIRL. PLEASE WELCOME BACK TO THE LATE SHOW, BEANIE FELDSTEIN. (laughs) HEY, KID, HOW ARE YOU? I'M GOOD, HOW ARE YOU? I'M DOING JUST FINE. THE LAST TIME WE SPOKE WITH YOU IN THAT CHAIR WAS, LIKE, SEPTEMBER OF 2018 OR SOMETHING LIKE THAT. BUT YOU HAD A SURPRISE APPEARANCE. On the show about a year later, that I, I got a, a picture right here.
2: A surprise to us all.
1: Yes. You you were part of uh, a Karen AND Danger Mouse's performance on this show, directed by Spike Jones with a wrecked car on stage. And that's you right <laughs> yes. there. That and makes it's kinda like Gold Grease kind of, like Lightning, kind of <laughs> Totally. Kind of like totally. But I had no idea you were here until I was about to introduce the song and I turned around and you went, huh? Oh. <laughs> it's like, Beanie, what are you doing here?
2: My question, exactly. I know. <laughs> I
1: think your reaction was,
2: mm. uh, um, how did that come about? So, um, I'm lucky enough to know the incredible Spike, who filmed it all live. It was really amazing. It was remember, like yeah. a live music video. Um, and Spike calls me, and he's like, Bean, I have this idea. Karen's song is all about female empowerment. It's called Woman. And I, I'd really love for, like, all these women that, you know, aren't trained dancers to come together and be her backup dancers. Would you want to be a part of it? And I was like... What a gift. Oh, my God. Of course I would. This sounds dreamy. So he gives me the address. It's in Brooklyn. We have a day and a half of rehearsal, and then we're live on your show. Sure. I get to the rehearsal, and I walk in, and all these girls are, like, lifting their feet above their head. (laughs) And I'm like, what's happening here? And we start rehearsing. I'm barely keeping up, Steven. And we have to take off Karen's jacket at one point in this sort of, like, cool reveal. And... So we're trying to figure out how to do it, and two of the girls look at each other, and they're like, it's just like when we had to do it with B. You just take it, and I was like, these are Beyonce's dancers. <laughs> I am in a room with Beyonce's dancers, um, expected to dance alongside them. They were all trained dancers, except for me. Sure. And they're not just dancers, they're Beyonce's dancers. Right. Um, and then and you,
1: was was you nailed the it. bean, just a little bean. You crushed it, bean. <laughs> You're like, ready to be... <laughs> Back up, BOOTY FOR BEYONCÉ.
2: <laughs> NEXT UP, AFTER BROADWAY, BEYONCÉ'S TOUR. CLEARLY, THAT'S THE NEXT STEP FOR ME.
1: NOW, FROM THIS BROADWAY STAGE uh, to, TO ANOTHER, YOU'RE PLAYING FANNY BRYCE in, IN FUNNY GIRL, WHICH HASN'T BEEN MOUNTED ON BROADWAY. YES. ICONIC role. HASN'T BEEN MOUNTED ON BROADWAY IN 58 YEARS. I'M NOT EVEN 58 <laughs> YET. FOR THE PEOPLE OUT THERE WHO DON'T KNOW FANNY BRYCE, yeah. t- TELL THEM THE SIGNIFICANCE OF HER.
2: Yeah, Fanny Bryce, so many people don't even know that she was a real person. But she was a a tremendously famous comic. She was born at the end of the 1800s, very popular in the 1920s. And um, she was this clown. She had these iconic characters named Baby Snooks and Mrs. Cohen. Um, She was this tremendous woman. And if it wasn't for Fanny Bryce, I believe that there is no Jewish woman on a stage today performing that would be there if it wasn't for Fanny. She really paved the way. She opened every door. Thank you. And um, thank you to her. And uh, she was, she's an incredibly unapologetic character. And that is something that is really inspirational to to play every night. You know, we all know the songs, People and Don't Rain on My Parade and I'm the Greatest Star. And to get to embody them as her, um, she's just relentless in her pursuit of what she wants and her belief in herself, which is a really... A really beautiful thing to get to be inside of
1: this role was a star turn for barbara streisand oh, no, yes, well, for, well, for barbara streisand my
2: queen exactly i you
1: know she, she made this role famous and in some ways this role made her famous
2: yeah. what
1: has she said anything to you have you had any advice or anything
2: yeah so i was in my dressing room the night before first preview and i got a piece of mail and it just said four beanie on it and i opened it AND IT WAS FROM BARBARA Streisand, AND IT WAS, UM...
1: And YOU'D NEVER HEARD FROM HER BEFORE, YOU yeah? KNOW?
2: i would NEVER MET HER BEFORE, wow. um, AND IT WAS A REALLY BEAUTIFUL, TOUCHING THING THAT I WILL KEEP AT MY SIDE OF MY TABLE GETTING READY FOREVER. AND Ramin, WHO PLAYS NIKKI ARNSTEIN, GOT ME A BEAUTIFUL FRAME FOR IT, oh, AND it's. Like... IT'S BEEN, YEAH, I MEAN... From Barbara Streisand. Steve. I know.
1: <laughs> I've never gotten a note from Barbara Streisand.
2: <laughs> you can borrow mine. It's yeah. just one block how's over. Her ha-
1: how's her how's handwriting?
2: Gorgeous, stunning. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. It's exactly what you would think it is.
1: Um, is there anything about playing the role of Fanny Bryce that surprised you?
2: Everything. I think the um, I think people's love for the show is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not shocking, but now that we're performing, we're in the second. We're back to being the third week of previews it's really thrilling to hear people's reaction to the Mm -hmm. show. So, um...
1: And also, Broadway audiences right now are also fantastic, because people are so hungry to be back in the theater.
2: I mean, just like you. I mean, it's like... it's, It's insane. And, um... Ramin, who plays... Ramin, who plays Nikki Arnstein, who is an angel, um, we were doing the song You Are Woman, I Am Man, which is when Nikki is trying to seduce a very nervous Fanny, and she's talking to the audience, and uh, Nikki's very fancy, and she doesn't know anything like that. So she's trying to figure out what's going on, and he offers her pate. She doesn't know what it is. He hands it to her, and she's trying to figure out what it is, and finally she realizes it's just chopped liver. And as I'm coming to that realization, a woman in the front row says with me, out loud, as loud as she can, Chop liver! Like, literally screaming. It took me by surprise, (laughs) for sure. 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 But it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. It was um, people really know the show in their guts.
1: Well, I mean, you've done a lot of funny parts, but do you yourself, Beanie Feldstein, think of yourself as a funny girl?
2: No. 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 But you're such a
1: funny girl.
2: That's very kind coming from you. um, The funniest girl. But uh, it is. uh...
1: Thank you. I have have childbearing (laughs) hips. I'll grant you that. Thank you.
2: Uh, in my house, uh, I am like the maybe third to fourth funniest person in the house. And they really like to let me know it. So my mom and my brother, specifically my mom, is always like, you're not that funny. I don't understand. You get on the stage, something happens. I think it's the writing. The writing must be good. Because you're never funny at home. You don't make me laugh once. I'm like, okay, thank you so much. I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, that's really not my thing in my family. So oh, okay. it's nice to be it on 50 what Seconds. Is, what stage. is your
1: thing? What, what What is your role you play? Are you peacemaker? Caretaker,
2: or? I think. I think okay. Like this, like this the, like sweetie carrying one. I think. Okay. See than... those
1: people. Then, then the, those people can take the funny and put it on stage because they yeah. have to take care of the audience. Exactly.
2: Exactly.
1: exactly. You're the funny. You're the funny. <laughs> funny Girl is in previews now and opens April twenty fourth on Broadway at the August Wilson Theater, starring Beanie Feldstein. Everybody. This has been the Late Show,
4: Pot Show with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 1135, 1035 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.